a gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry. One of the benefits we enjoy here in Utah from doing so much at-home voting is that we do, as I discussed yesterday with Dave and Dejanovic, we have the opportunity to sit at our kitchen table or at our home office or out to lunch, wherever. Uh, We are able to comb through every single choice we have to make on the ballot. I will admit, there have been times in my life, uh, younger years, I've gotten a little smarter and wiser and more responsible with my ability to vote in recent years. But earlier, uh, I would be aware of like one or two of the races And then uh, with that very limited knowledge, I'd show up at the voting booth, I'd wait in line, I'd get my I voted sticker, I'd sign my deal, show off whatever ID I needed to show. And then I would step into the booth and it would be like taking a test for which I had not studied uh, a single moment. Right. You get past the you get past the headline making races and you get down into those uh, amendments and uh, propositions and uh, referendum, things like that. And I, I, I had no idea what I was looking at. I had no idea who this judge or that. I, I just, I didn't know. I didn't know. And so uh, I'll admit there were some times where I would just take the two, three sentence uh, explanation there in the voting pamphlet and uh, try to make an educated guess on what I thought might be best for me, my family, the community, whatever. Uh, sometimes I'd leave it blank. And I think to do either of those, to guess or to uh, abstain from participating, that's a disservice to to myself uh, and certainly to the, the community and to the, the candidates involved or those supporters of the various issues involved. Now, the reason I bring all this up is because you are going to find many things just like this. There is much on the ballot that may be in your mailbox right now or on your kitchen table right now that you ha- have not yet researched. Uh, And and in particular, uh, Utah County. Utah County has Proposition 9 right now on the ballot, and it is, very simply put, a a proposition to change the very form of county government in Utah County. Currently, as you well know, three county commissioners. uh, The proposal, Prop 9, would install a, a county executive or a county mayor. Uh, similar to the role of Jenny Wilson here in Salt Lake County. And then it would expand uh, to five, uh, the number of council members. And those council members would shift from the at-large status of commissioners today uh, to five regional council members. Uh, anyway, I it's an important thing, right? Either way uh, this goes, the, the nature of Utah County's government will be impacted. Right. If it stays as it is, uh, you know, we will. Well, well first off, uh, 
there will be you know new representation there in at least one of the uh, three positions. And then there will forever be this question of, uh, well, what if we had changed things? Anyway, uh, the debate uh, has split the commission itself right now. This morning, I had an opportunity to speak to a few members of the commission. I spoke first with uh, Commissioner Bill Lee. He's a name that you have heard, I'm sure, many times on these airwaves. Uh, he responsible for uh, much of the attitude uh, held by many in Utah County, uh, you know, hesitate, hesitations with mask mandates and such. He uh, arguably brought together the, the council chamber's room full of individuals when uh, when the meeting had to be called off for safety concerns, too many people, too close quarters, uh, not enough masks. Uh, that's Bill Lee. And this morning, as he and I spoke, I asked him uh, very bluntly, I said, uh, is Proposition 9 a good idea or a bad idea? This is what he said. Bad idea. Because uh, county, I think there was a misunderstanding of what county does and how uh, county reacts and what it, what, it, what its purposes is, are. For the most part, the county government, we are we're land, um, records, and then legal with law enforcement and also the prosecutors and, and defense attorneys. That that's what we do. That's our primary function. We're not we're not people managers, issue managers, uh, or anything of that nature. And so there's a misunderstanding of what we do. And and to grow and double sides of our elected officials, um, and then consolidate power into one mayor, in my opinion, is a bad idea. Again, we're hearing here from Bill Lee, uh, Utah County Commissioner, who is against Proposition 9, a move which would all which would bring about an alternate form of government known as executive council. There would be a county executive or a mayor, uh, you know, a chief executive essentially for the county, and then a council comprised of five regionally uh, elected council members. The, one interesting shift, too, I didn't mention earlier is that uh, the the commissioners right now, those are full-time positions, The in the shift, should Proposition 9 pass, the mayor's role would be a full-time position, and each of the five uh, members of the council would be part-time positions. So, uh, you know, that uh, we'll hear from Tanner Ainge in a moment, uh, and he'll explain how he views that to be a, a cost-cutting uh, measure. Uh, but continuing the conversation with Bill Lee, I pointed out to him that, uh, well, you know, Salt Lake 20 years ago went through, Salt Lake County, that is, 20 years ago went through a similar shift. They uh, altered their form of government and have, uh, you know, enacted a similar executive council system with Jenny Wilson occupying the uh, the role of, uh, you know, county executive or mayor. And then I believe there are nine uh, council members uh, uh, across Salt Lake County. I asked, uh, what, I asked Billy, what do you see in Salt Lake's operations that you don't want to see in Utah County? It's a fair comparison, and I've been saying the same thing. And that is, is that in 2000, when they changed from their commission form to their uh, their council form, and then up to the present day, what you've seen is considerable, considerable string of tax increases and, and bloating in government to the point that even those that are running for office now are saying the same thing on the air and in their literature, that we've got to get this under control. And so for us, Utah County, I mean, it's a great place to live and, and work and be. And over the history of more than 100 years with a three-member commission, we have kept it small and concise. And so I see Salt Lake County as an example of where, where we don't want to go like they've done in the last 20 years. 
I mentioned the proposal changes the size of the council. I asked if there is wisdom or lack thereof in an expansion from, or rather an expansion to five from three. And so if they've had concerns, yeah, they may be able to go to them and talk with them about that one issue. But the other four, they have no voting power to remove or to go after any of the other individuals. And so I, I see I see their rep- representation argument. And in some cases, I can say, okay, I can, I can see where you go there. But I think it's flawed. It's flawed in that the first line of representation that you have is those that you directly represent. And there's only 8,700 people in Utah County that live outside of cities, which we are their direct representatives for. Other than that, the rest of the people in Utah County live within cities, and they have their mayors and councils who are their direct representatives. So I, I see that as a flawed flawed analogy. So there you have the argument against Proposition 9 in Utah County. We're going to take a quick break here. You, that was uh, Bill Lee, County uh, Commissioner. We're going to take a break now. When we return, we'll hear from Tanner Ainge on the other side of the argument, also a commissioner in favor of Proposition 9 in Utah County. Tanner Ainge next on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio. Welcome back to the final segment of today's episode of Live Mike. I am Lee Lonsberry. We're looking at Proposition 9 as it appears on the Utah County ballots right now. It is a proposal to change the nature of county government. There are a few different ways to to govern a county. Uh, one of them is with a commission. That is what Utah County enjoys right now. It's made up of uh, three members. And we have on this program heard from them over and over uh, talking about Utah County politics uh, and, and, of course, its response to the COVID 19 virus. Uh, we also have a uh, a comparison that we can make between the makeup of Utah County's government and Salt Lake County's government as it is comprised of a uh, county executive, a mayor, a county mayor, Jenny Wilson right now. And then uh, working with her in county leadership are, are, is a council comprised of nine uh, regional council members. Uh, a a makeup similar to that is what is proposed in Utah County. It's Prop 9. It's up to Utah County voters to decide uh, come November. And I have spoken, as you heard before the commercial break, to Commissioner Bill Lee, who is very much against Proposition 9. He characterizes it as a consolidation of power, which is no good uh, for Utah County, and had some other uh, some other criticisms to level against the proposition. Uh, and then I also had, following my chat with Commissioner Lee, was able to speak with Commissioner Tanner Ainge. And I asked him, who uh, I will point out is supportive of the proposition, I asked him why the proposition enjoys his support. Nobody would ever appoint three CEOs in their organization, definitely not five CEOs. Uh, What you do see is you see three or five or seven members on a board of directors who set the guiding policy and approve of key decisions, but then they allow the, the executive to go drive the operations forward on a day-to-day basis. So that's one one area is I think we just need to have clear leadership. If you, cities within our county, state legislators, and members of the private sector are telling us it's really hard to interact with the county with this kind of shifting three-head executive. They don't ever know which direction we're going. And if they try to pull all three of us into a room to get an answer, we can't. Then we'd have to actually have a formal county commission meeting due to open and public meeting laws. So just having a clear executive is the first part of this. 
And it's an interesting comparison to make, and you hear that sometimes uh, as candidates uh, run for office. In particular, President Donald Trump, right? He touts his business acumen uh, and has for years and years now as a reason to to have faith in him and faith in his abilities. And so it always my ears always uh, prick up when I hear comparisons to business and looking at, uh, say, a governor or a mayor or someone who holds a chief executive position in a similar light as, say, a chief executive officer of a, uh, you know, a private company. I, it's, it, I don't know how to describe it exactly, but it, it just strikes me as a little bit awkward. I like to, uh, I like to consider private business and government to be two totally distinct uh, animals. And uh, and anyway, th- th- these comparisons, th- th- they get my attention. You'll have to, to respond. Let me know what you think. Are they appropriate or not? 57500 to the Utah Community Credit Union text line. There is also not just a, a change proposed in the role of mayor, well, rather the creation of the role of mayor in this Proposition 9, but there would also be a change in the uh, number of council or commission members. There, instead of the three commissioners, there would be then uh, five regionally elected council members. And uh, Tanner Ainge, again, supportive of Proposition 9, explained and discussed how that uh, could equate to better representation. And then lastly, I think that we really have an opportunity to have better representation in a couple of ways with a strong council. First, they're going to be part-time. And I think that that brings out a better caliber of candidates, certainly a, a broader pool of candidates. Secondly, the council, for the first time, create geographic districts in our county. And in theory right now, this is concerning to a lot of people because we could have three county commissioners all from Spanish Fork. There's no districting. And so this would guarantee that each of the five districts of Utah County always have a representative on the council. And that's important because the interests of Lehigh are very different than the interests of Santa Quinn and Eagle Mountain. And so this would kind of lock in that geographic representation. I think it's an important change. I asked uh, Tanner Ainge, Commissioner Ainge, a similar question to one I posed to Commissioner Bill Lee. And it was, as you look to Salt Lake County and what they have learned, uh, and if there's if they more followed or avoid, as you look to Salt Lake County, do you see that as an example to follow? Or do they demonstrate uh, instances of, of, of shortcomings that you'd like to avoid? Uh, Commissioner Ainge responded this way. Utah County government has been very limited in nature. We do not have non-essential services. We don't have Utah County golf courses. We do not have county-wide rec systems or library systems. And we don't even have really any development happening within the unincorporated county. And so all of the development and the municipal services are in our cities. And as, as there's been more development within the county, that's happening in the cities of Spanish Fork and Lehigh and everywhere else in Provo. And that's been our pattern, which has allowed for county government to stay smaller and limited. In in Salt Lake County, they have allowed for more robust development within the county, unincorporated county. And they also have rolled out these countywide uh, non-essential services. Commissioner Ainge didn't stop there. He continued uh, highlighting other differences between uh, what would be the circumstance in Utah County and Salt Lake County. The, the other reason is the political ideology. And so, you know, if they have a 
Democratic majority that's likely going to look different than in Utah County, where we clearly still have a Republican majority. And he wraps up his rationale by saying that it would save money. The, the cost of wages and benefits decreases. We save 45 percent going from a full-time three-member county commission to having a single full-time mayor and five part-time council members. And we were very deliberate about that. We kept the wages low. We also kept the number of people smaller. So there you have it. That is what, if you are a Utah County voter, that is a decision that you have to make. And you have heard from two commissioners. Uh, You've heard their views. There are other areas, other sources of information and insight and explanation. Uh, So I encourage you to seek that out. I encourage you to talk to your family, talk to your friends, talk to folks at church or wherever you go uh, and see what people feel. Because this is a big deal. This is a really big deal. This does change uh, in large part, in dramatic part, the the nature of how your county, how the county of Utah would be would be governed. It, uh, it It's interesting. You can look across the country and you see these two models. I think the the model more in vogue is the uh, the county executive, the the executive council uh, fashion, the one that this pro- proposition nine would create. Uh, but that does not by any means mean that it is what should be in place. So uh, that's it. It's up to you. Uh, I've done my part to educate. Now I'm moving on. Uh, I am grateful to you for tuning in to today's program. We talked uh, about some tough issues. There were uh, some difficult things to discuss. We had some hard conversations. I would invite you to go back and listen again to much of uh, what we shared on the program today. In particular, uh, listen to Sim Gill as he talks about uh, declining to press charges against that officer. Listen to John Huber as he talks about this massive uh, firearms trafficking case. Go back and listen to Greg Bell as he talks about the funding of Utah hospitals and how hospitals are faring in the face of COVID and business sense. And then go back and listen to uh, my conversation with Attorney General Sean Reyes. He shares with us a bit about what it's like to run for office in this COVID era. Then he talks uh, about the debate, the timing of the debate, uh, and and how it came to be. Uh, I'm grateful again to you for listening. Uh, I'll catch you again tomorrow as you and I join back here at 1230. Uh, that's it. Uh, time for me to step aside and make way for the great Jeff Kaplan as he brings to you Jeff Kaplan's Afternoon News here on KSL News Radio. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America, but this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.